Boy, we, uh, Monday, if you were here with us, thank you for uh, joining us on uh, Memorial Day. We had just a, uh, a great time. I, I love it. I, I'm like a kid at heart, especially when it comes to superhero stuff. And so I was a character. I don't expect anybody to, you know, half of you to know. I was a character, Thanos. He was the villain in the recent, you know, Marvel Avenger movies. And so, um, but it doesn't matter if you know who that is. What was important is, is that the crowd at Memorial uh, Day weekend knew who that was. And boy, I was like a celebrity. It was amazing. It wasn't Pastor Chris celebrity. It was just Thanos uh, and Pastor Chris was in there, but it was, I had a blast. I know those of us that were a part of that and you that were here with us uh, giving away uh, donuts and, and we were giving away water and we were giving away coffee and, and we just love to be able to capitalize on this amazing location that God has given us uh, in this area where people literally come to us and we get to serve them in the name of Jesus and so that's a pretty amazing thing that we get to do and then we get to go out and be you know different superhero characters and 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 I I've this is so funny to me. I'm walking back uh, from, the, from the parade. Parade ended. I, I wanted to walk back just because I was just enjoying the celebrity of it. And uh, I'm just telling you the truth. And so I'm walking back, and I literally we come across this gas station, a wild gas station that has, also has a pizza place attached to it. And I, I'm, I'm standing there, and I'm taking pictures. And I'm with one of my uh, daughters and, and, and one of our kids and, and as they're walking back. And they're like a at this time because they're like, we just want to get back to the church and you keep stopping and taking pictures with everybody. You know, they're like annoyed at this point. But I was, so I'm taking a picture with somebody or Thanos is, it's not really me. If it was me, nobody would care. But it was Thanos was taking a picture and I see this employee in the gas station see me and he leaves his post. I don't know if he, you know, what happened there, but he leaves his post, runs outside and says, Thanos, Thanos, like he's in his pizza, you know, whatever it's called, you know, work, you know, attire. And he's like, can I get a picture with you? And I, and I don't talk because if I talk, I would ruin it. So I just nod my head and he hands a stranger his phone. He's like, ma'am, can you take a picture of us? Like it was just like, it was just the oddest thing. And then we were walking back. We were almost back to the church and there was this little kid and he's just like Thanos and he's kind of t- taunting me a little bit you know and I'm just you know I've got my hand you know I had this big hand if you saw me this big gauntlet hand looking thing and I'm just standing and he's like he goes are you real and at that moment I had to decide to lie or tell the truth so I lied I nodded my head just like this and his jaw dropped to the ground. He thought I was really Thanos. Now, that, I had to do some explaining to my daughter and her friend. And, she, and one of the, Greta, she just starts cracking up. She's like, you told him you were real. Like, she's just dying laughing. She's cracking up. You told him you were real. And I'm like, well, you know, you, I got to be in the character. I got to stay in character the whole time. But anyways, it was fun. Fun for me anyways. I don't know how fun it was for you, but it was fun for me. Uh, so thanks for letting me share. Uh, that I don't know what that was for, but I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, so we are uh, just wrapping up this, what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, this 40 days. Jesus spent 40 days after he resurrected 
alive, showing himself alive to, you know, to those that you know, he thought were you know, needed to, to see him. And, and as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians that he appeared to over 500 people all at one time. You know, so he showed himself alive after he resurrected to over 500 p- people. And so we've just been looking at over the last few weeks these different types of people that he, that he appeared to and you know, what we can learn from that, what we can glean from that, how we can, you know, apply those things to our life and and so we're just sort of wrapping it up and you know this this week but they all stand alone but I would encourage you to go back and listen if you haven't you know listened to any of the messages I was I would encourage you to go back and listen because I think that they can really be helpful for you and I think that they could really boost your faith because that's really the point of why Jesus spent 40 days you know, alive after he resurrected because he wanted to show that he was alive. He wanted to show that it wasn't a hoax. He wanted to show that it wasn't a hallucination. He wanted to show that, you know, he didn't, you know, just sort of, you know, resuscitate and come back to life and he didn't really die. No, he, they recognized that he died and they recognized that he was buried and people knew that he died. People knew that he buried, not just a handful of people, not just one or two or three people. No, hundreds of people knew that he died Hundreds of people knew where he was buried, and now hundreds of people have seen him alive. And the way that Luke writes it in Acts is is that the reason he did that, because he wanted to give convincing proof. He wanted to give convincing evidence that you put your faith in the right person. That you put your faith in a, in a Jesus who, who died on a Roman cross, who was buried, and that who beat death, hell, and the grave. So your assurance and what, hope, what I hope boosts your faith is that you put your faith in the right guy who beat death for you, who beat the grave for you, who beat hell for you for you and by you and me putting our faith in him that you beat death that you beat the grave and that you beat hell and get to go to a better place called heaven that's good news by the way I don't know if you're familiar with the gospel that's what the gospel means it means good news and so John our writer that we've been looking at you know John our writer he says this is the good news this is the good news and John wrote what he wrote because he wanted you to be convinced of that John wrote what he wrote because he wanted you to know that, you know, hundreds of years later, centuries later, generations later, that people that are now read it, and those of you that we gather on Sunday morning all over the world, that gather on Sunday morning, can know without a doubt that there is a Savior who died for you. There is a Savior who resurrected and beat the grave for you. And you can walk in that hope. You can walk in that life. And that life that he has for you and that life that he has for me is an abundant life and that life starts right here and now for you that's the hope that we have that's right I'm telling you John says I want you to know this I want you to know this. so 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 we looked at last week if you weren't here no no big deal We're, we'll catch you up we looked at last week in this way John 21 is where, where we where we picked it up in the story and it said and, and basically what we were saying is this is that here's some of the points that we if you weren't here with us here's some of the points applying what he says can change an empty life to a full life Applying what he says, not just hearing what he says, you know, not just even, you know, putting to memory what he says, but actually applying it to your life. Not just, James, his brother said it this way, don't just be a hearer of the word, 
but be a doer of it. Like, hearer of it is great, and, and that's what we're doing now. You're hearing it, you're hearing it. But what, what matters and what brings life change, what, what takes you from an empty life to a full life, is that, that when you take what you hear today and you apply it to your life, when you apply it to your life. And then he says this, and we did, we're looking at the, you know, the story when the guys were out, there were seven disciples out there fishing, and they were fishing, they didn't catch anything, you know, and then, and then they hear a voice from the beach yell out, hey, try to cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they did. They were like, all right, we haven't caught anything. It's been all night. We're getting ready to, you know, come in for the night. And so they did. They were like, they cast it on the other side of the net. And at one side was empty. On the other side, after they listened to what Jesus said, they had a full net. They had a full net. And what I think, and, and, and Peter hears from John, and John said, hey, hey, I, that's the Lord. That's Jesus who, who told us to do that. So Peter, he casts himself into the water. Like Peter was just, just reacted, right? That was what Peter, that's who Peter was. He was a reactor. Peter just reacted and he jumps in the water and he swims in to Jesus. And, and here's what he's saying to you. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Like, just as Jesus told them to cast the net on the other side of the boat, just like how Peter cast himself into the water, Jesus is saying to you, God is saying to you right here, right now, I want you to cast all of your anxieties. I want you to cast all of your worries. I want you to cast all of your concerns. I want you to cast all of your fears on him. Why? Because he's crazy about you. I, I would have wrote it that way, but, that's the way, but the way that Peter wrote it was I, I just because he cares for you, because he loves you. And so the best thing that you can do in order for you to move from an empty life to a full life is just to throw yourself towards the direction of Jesus, and he'll change your life. He'll change your life. And he says, hey, come on. So they got to the shore and they, you know, Jesus already had some fish, but he told them to bring some more fish that, he, that they caught. And so he says, hey, hey, guys, guys, bring what you caught. Bring it over here. Let's, let's have breakfast together. And what he's saying to you is he's saying, come to him and find rest and fulfillment because that's what he will do. He'll, you will, when you come to him, Jesus said it this way earlier on in his ministry. He says, hey, guys, those of you that are weary, those of you that are burdened, those of you that are just weighed down by the concerns and the worries and the anxieties of life, those of you that have just been beaten up you know, by the, you know, the demands that, that life brings your way, he says, I want you to come. I want you to bring those to me. And he says, he goes, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want you to come. And when you come towards the direction of Jesus in your life, you're gonna find rest but you're also gonna find fulfillment. And so that was last week. You can hear the whole thing if you wanna listen back. But So this is where we are gonna pick it up in the conversation. Jesus is now having a personal one-on-one conversation with Peter. Now you gotta remember what happened. We're, you know, the context of this, the backstory of this. Peter, not long before this, not long at all, just literally days before this, 
denied Jesus. You know, you know the story. When he denied Jesus and people asked him, a little middle school girl asked him, Do you, you're with him, you're with him. And, and he's like, I don't know him, I don't know him. And he denied him and he did exactly what Jesus said he would do, right? Jesus told Peter, Peter, you know, right now you're dedicated, but in a few short hours, you're gonna deny me. And Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll give my life for you. And he did exactly what Jesus said he would do. And he denied him. So you got to feel the sort of the, the weight of that, the, the, the anxiety of that, that Peter's, you know, hang, it's hanging on Peter's shoulders and, and it's on his mind, you know. He just betrayed, he just denied his Savior. And now he's sitting at a table. He, he heard that he died. Peter was too much of a coward to see the crucifixion. He heard that he died. He heard that he was buried, went to the tomb, went to the grave where he was buried, peered into the tomb because he heard reports that it was empty, peered into the empty tomb, and now, not long after that, had had an appearance or saw Jesus alive. But he didn't have the kind of conversation that he probably wished he could have had at the first meeting that he had with Jesus or even the second meeting that he had with Jesus. But now he's face to face with the one just a few days prior to this, he denied knowing. And here's what Jesus said to Peter. Pick it up in verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That's the first thing that he asked. He says, hey, hey, Peter, 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 do you love me more than, and what he was referring to, is he was referring to you know his 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 old life. He was he was referring to his old ways. Like he was referring to the the net that that Peter had because Peter was a fisherman. He was referring to you know the thrill, the catch. Even though it had nothing to do with Peter's ability to catch fish, it had everything to do with Jesus's provisions. By the way, that's good news for you to know. That's something important for you to know. It has nothing to do with your ability. If you're successful in life, it has nothing really to do with your ability, but it has everything to do with God's provisions. You need to know that whatever you do, whatever it is that you oversee or steward, it has to do with the fact that God has graciously given you provision for that. For that. And so he's saying, Peter, 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 you know that old life that you try to go back to, you try to go back fishing and, and that didn't really work out for you and you kept drawing the net and nothing was, nothing was coming up, no fish until I told you to cast on the other side and then you caught a, in a great amount of fish. As a matter of fact, John said there was 153 large fish. He says, you know how you went back? He says, Peter, Peter, do you love me more than you love the things in this world? Peter, do you love me more than you love your self-interest? Peter, do you love me more than you love that financial stability? Peter, do you love me more than you love your career? Peter, do you love me more than you love the relationships that you have in your life? Peter, Peter, I'm just asking, do you love me more than any of your earthly relationships? Do you love me more than these? And we could go on and on. Peter, Peter, do you love me more than, you know, the habits that seem to be overtaking your life and controlling you? 
Peter, do you love me more than, you know, whatever it is, whatever material possession you have in your garage or the car that you drive or the house that you own? Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter, do you love me more than your reputation? Peter, do you love me more than what people think about you? Peter, do you love me more than what, what you think you'll get, you know, your identity from? Do you, Peter, do you love me more than those things? And Peter's response was, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter is at this point going, God, you're God. Jesus, you're, you know all, everything. And right now, I'm more convinced than ever that you are who you claim to be, that you are who you said you are. And I love you, Jesus, more than anything that this life, this world has to offer. And that's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him. That God wants you to know and he wants me to know that, that, that the relationship that you have with, with him is first and foremost, is number one. That when it comes to your career decisions, it's about putting those things at the feet of Jesus and saying, Jesus, this is what I, ha I have before me. When it comes to our financial decisions, it's about saying, Jesus, this is what I have on my financial plate. This is what I'm working with because of the provisions that you allowed me to have. And Jesus, I just want you to know that what I'm going to do with these things is, is I'm going to consider you first because my relationship with you, Jesus, is first and foremost. More than any of these things. And Jesus said, okay, if you love me, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to feed my lambs. And then a second time, and we'll get back to that. He says, then a second time, verse 16, he's, he's Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. And then he said, Verse 17, third time. And he said to him a third time. Wow, why is Jesus asking him three times? Well, probably because Peter denied him three times. So Jesus is just having fun with him. He's like, I told you three times, you deny me. And now I'm going to ask you three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. Lord, you know all things. There's nothing that can get past you, God. You're aware of everything. There's nothing, nowhere I can go, nowhere I can hide, nowhere I can run from. I can't go anywhere without you knowing exactly what's going on. By the way, that's important to know too. He knows all things. I know you can try to keep things a secret from the people you know, that you do life with, but listen, the reality is, is that he knows what's going on. And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, I want you to feed my sheep. Now, here's what he says to Peter, and here's what he's saying to you and me, okay? He says, care for his sheep and shepherd someone. He's saying to you, I want you, not just Pastor Chris, not just Juan, not just Michael or Kim or Chris or any of our deacons. He says, I want you, Christian, 
I want you, Jesus follower, that I want you to put Jesus first and foremost in your life. I want you to put him on the throne of your life. I want him, I want Jesus to be number one in your life. And he says, and here's what he's saying to you, to those that do that. He says, I want you to care for his sheep. And I want you to shepherd someone. Now, we don't think in these terms, do we? Sheep, shepherd, like we're, none of us are, you know, do, are shepherds, you know, we don't, we're not going home and tending to our flock, right? Like this is not what we deal with. But so just to catch us all up, just in case you're confused, sheep equal people. Right, okay, now that we're all on the same page, why do sheep, now this is, a, I think this is important too to know, why do sheep need a shepherd? Well, it's because it's important you need to know what sheep are what kind of what, why why are we described or why are people described as sheep or why sheep need a shepherd? Well, because here's what oftentimes happens to sheep: they get disoriented and they wander off. Does that sound familiar with anybody? They get a little disoriented in life and they sort of wander away from who they're supposed to love first and foremost. They kind of get distracted. That's what sheep do. I know this is very insulting. I'm aware, but this is, they get a little distracted, a little disoriented, and they just sort of wander off. That's what sheep do. And Jesus is like, you know, people, that's what people do. They get distracted, they get disoriented, and they sort of wander away from their faith. You know why else people are called sheep? Another reason? Because they're defenseless against oppositions. That's why sheep need a shepherd, because they're defenseless against opposition. Sheep needed a shepherd to, keep, to provide for them, take care of them, so that the wolves wouldn't come in and, and destroy the flock. So the shepherd needed to have his rod and his staff as weapons to, to keep the wolves away, to keep those predators away. And that's why we're described as sheep, because oftentimes when it comes to our faith, oftentimes when it comes to, you know, our lives, we're defenseless against oppositions. The scripture says it this way, that we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against powers and principalities and darknesses of this world. If that sounds heavy to you, I don't know what to tell you. That's just the reality of the world that we live in, especially those of you that are Christians and Jesus followers. There's an enemy who is real, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. I don't know if you know that or not, but he's, he's after you. He's setting up traps. He's trying to get you to fall. He's trying to get you disoriented. He's trying to get you distracted so that you wander away from the person that you're supposed to love the most, who is Jesus. And we need a shepherd. And thank goodness when you put your faith in him, he's our good shepherd. But you also have a responsibility to help with sheep. You also get a privilege and an opportunity to help with sheep because we all are defenseless against opposition. We all need each other. I don't know, if, do you know that? We need each other. I need you to come alongside of me and help me because oftentimes I'm defenseless against opposition. We need each other. Another reason is this, and this, this will be sort of weird at first, they, get, they got dirt and debris on their oily wool, <laughs> okay? You're like, what is the connection here? All right, here, work with me. If they didn't have a shepherd, if sheep didn't have a shepherd, they would have continual dirt and debris built up on their wool, 
And eventually what would happen over time is that because of the oils that would collect on their wool, over time it would, they, would, they would get very sick and, and die. So the, so the shepherd have to, would have to come and shear away some of the wool and cut away, shear away some of the, you know, some of the dirt and debris away from them. If they didn't have a shepherd, they would eventually get sick and they would die because of the buildup of the dirt. I don't know about you, but oftentimes we get attracted to the dirt and the debris of this life. And if we don't shear it away, if we don't, I don't know if that's even a phrase, if we don't cut it away, it's going to build up and it's eventually going to kill us. So that's why people need a shepherd. That's why people need you to come alongside of them. And you know what's interesting? Here's what's interesting. Jesus asked Peter the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then, the, then after the yes, 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 the, the response was feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my sheep, take care of them, take care of them. You know why? Here's, here's why I think he did that. Because here's an important thing for us to understand as Christians, okay? How do you know that you love Jesus? How do you know? What, what is a measuring stick? What is, the, what is the number one way for you to know that you actually love Jesus in your life? It's, and it, I'm gonna tell you what it isn't. It isn't how often you come to church. Oh, but that's disappointing, isn't it? You're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm here every single Sunday. Like, I know God only peers into, onto earth on Sunday mornings just to see, you know, who's there, you know? Like, oh, there's Bob. I guess he's good. No, it has nothing to do with that. I, I know, I know, I know. You're like, oh, it must, it must have to do with, like, how many verses I can memorize. It has to do with like how much, how much scripture I can like, you know, recite to people, you know, without going, like I can just rattle off verses, boom, 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 you know, and I, it, it, has, it must have to do with that. That's, that's the indicator, right, of how, how much I love Jesus is because of my church attendance and because of how much Bible I know, you know, and I can memorize verses and, and you know, shoot them at people. No, 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 it, it, that's not it either. Here's what it is. By the way, you love people. That's the measuring stick. That's, the, that's the, the guideline. That's the number one way that you are identified as somebody who loves Jesus. By the way, you love people. Now, John spent a, more time on this in his other letters to different people. John in 1 John, here's what, here's what John says about it. Look at this. He says, John, same guy that wrote the gospel of John, same guy wrote 1 John. I know these are clever title names, aren't they? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. The one who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. You've heard that before. Verse 9. By this, the love of God was manifested in us. He says, by this, the love of God was demonstrated for us. By this, the love of God was shown to 
us. That God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation, or in other words, to be the, you know, the, the one who redeems us, the one who pays our debt, the one who exchanged his life for your life. He says he's the one he sent to exchange his perfect life for your broken life. He's the one who came to pay your sin debt so that you wouldn't have to. Isn't that good news, everybody? That he's the one, as this is how it was demonstrated, that he paid your debt for your sins. He's verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God. This is so important. This is so important. No one has seen God at any time. So if you say, I saw God, I saw God, I'm going to go, I don't know. Because John said, no one has seen God at any time. As a matter of fact, if you're like, I saw God in a vision and it was just beautiful. He was glowing and I was happy. And it was, listen, that isn't Bible God. Anytime anybody, if God was in the vicinity, there was terror on people. They were in fear. They even, even they got angels, just God's, you know, handy people. I don't know how to describe angels. Angels showed up and they confused angels for God. And the angels were like, get up. I'm not the almighty. I'm just an angel. Like it was terror. So, so John's going, listen, listen. No one has seen God at any time. But then he could say, but, but he just says, if we love one another, well, then God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Or in other words, he could have said, through us. You know what he's saying? This is amazing. He's saying, though no one has seen God, and that would be terrifying, when you love people, they see God through when you love in the way that Jesus loved us, then they, they, they're like, whoa, 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 this is amazing. I, I, I was like, I saw like something amazing. And, and what it was, was just you loving someone. And God's love is perfected. God's love is demonstrated. God's love is shown through you. You and I get to be a representation of God on this earth. And the way that you show that you love God is by the way that you love people. And Peter heard that message loud and clear. John's not done. Skip to verse 20. John said this. He says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he says in verse 21, and this commandment, what commandment? The one commandment that Jesus gave, remember this? The one rule that Jesus gave, he gave one rule, he says this, he said this, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. 
He says, I, he says I don't, you don't need to remember like three, you know, 613 rules. You don't even re- need to remember 10 rules. And you don't even need to remember two rules. I'm going to give you one rule to follow. And that one command, that one rule is to love people the way that he loved you. And he says, this command we have from him. He's reminding, if this came directly from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Listen, this is the most important way to demonstrate not just who God is, but, 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 but to show that you actually love God. It's not throwing your hands up in the air during a song. It's not nodding your head and staying awake during a message. And I know it's tough. You're like, I can take a nap, you mean? And God does, yeah, sure. But just go Love. Just take what you hear and go and love someone. Go and meet some needs. And you know what Jesus would often do? Jesus would often meet a physical need first and then a spiritual need. He would meet a physical need first and then a spiritual need. Remember on the beach? Guys, 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 guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's have breakfast. Let me feed you. Let me put fish in your net. Bring it to the shore. I'll cook it up. I've got some bread too. But I, want you to, but I want you to feed that. I want you to feed into that. I want you to feed. I want you to go and meet needs. I want you to go and love people. And I want you to, maybe it's just actually feeding somebody. But shepherd someone. I'm not asking it, nor is Jesus asking you to shepherd, you know, 10 people, 12 people. That's not what he's asking. Here's what he's asking. One. Some. One, for you to identify someone and say, you know what, I'm pouring into you. I'm feeding into you. I'm gonna take care of the best of my ability, any physical need you might have. Maybe it's a single mom that has some kids and she's working a job and she's trying to figure it out with her kids. Maybe it's you offering some childcare for a couple hours so that she can maybe go to a grocery store or maybe she just needs to take a nap. Or maybe it's a young couple with kids and they're just overwhelmed. Maybe it's you offering childcare for them so that maybe they can just go out on a date. I don't know. Maybe it's cutting your, uh, your neighbor's grass or, or, you know, or, or cleaning their house or I don't know, dr- driving somebody to an appointment, um, taking them a coffee. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's just application and it's just demonstration that Jesus did a lot better than bring a coffee and Jesus did a lot better than cut somebody's grass Jesus did a lot better than babysit some kids Jesus died for you and he's just telling you to go and do that because that's a way that you show that you love Jesus for what Jesus did for us. 
So he told, told them. Verse 15 says, feed. Verse 17, he says, feed. Go, feed. Feed into something. Feed into someone so that you can show God to somebody that needs to see him because no one has seen him at any time until they see your love. I heard a preacher once say, he said, you know, I want you to do for one. I want you to do for one that I wish, that you wish you could do for everyone. You ever think that? Oh, man, if I do it for one, I got to do it for everybody. You know, if I do it for one. No, 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 no. Just do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. But you're just going to do for one. One person that you're going to care for his sheep. One person that you're going to shepherd and you're going to feed into. Maybe that's a spiritual need. Maybe you're just sending a text and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. You know what what just makes my day? You know what just lights me up when somebody sends me a text message that says, hey, I'm just praying for you today. God put you on my heart today. I'm just thinking about you today. You know, I'm just like, wow, thank you, God, for putting my name on their heart, and they told me about it, and they're really praying for me. What if you did that? What if you like, you know, it's so easy these days. You can download these Bible apps and you can just send a verse right to somebody that, you know, and what if you were like reading your your verse because that's what you're doing every morning, right? You're getting up, you're reading your scripture, you're getting, you know, God, you know, pouring into you and then you're just going to go, hey, this verse spoke to me today. Maybe it will speak to you too. And you send that verse out to somebody. It would blow their minds and you just love them. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but you know what you could do. And each person has its own unique situation that you might be able to step in to their life and just care for them. Just tend to them like their sheep and you're a shepherd it will change your world it will change your world so a couple questions I have for you is this before we leave who's someone you can shepherd who's someone that you can invest in Who's someone that you can send a text message? Who's someone that you can pray for? Who's, who's someone that you can send a verse to? Who's someone that you can, you know, take, you know, something to eat, buy their groceries? I, I don't know, pay a bill. I don't know what that is for you, but who's someone that you can come alongside of and shepherd? Who can feed? Who can you feed into physically and spiritually? You're all, we all are called to do this because it's the one command that he left us with you want to show you love me you want to show you love me love one another you want to show how much you love me Peter do you love me yeah I love you I love you yeah I love you all right then take care of my sheep yeah I love you okay take care of my sheep yeah I love you okay take care of my sheep because that's the way that you show God to a world that needs it 
a world that needs to see God. He can be seen in and through you. Wow, what an opportunity we have, don't you think? What an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Oh, it's so simple, yet so much more demanding than just showing up to a church, than just opening up our Bible and memorizing a verse, than just singing a few uplifting Christian spiritual songs. It's so much more demanding than that. But it's the only way that you tell us that we can demonstrate our faith and we can demonstrate you to a world that needs to see you for who you really are. A God that loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to pay the sin debt for us so that we can be redeemed, so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be set free, so that we can get life life to the full. And God, we just want to in turn love our neighbors and love people in the same way that you loved each and every one of us. Help us to go and apply that to our life. In Jesus' name.